Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is WEEI Late Night with Mark Dondero on WEEI. Max have any kind of procedure to help along with the process here? Day by day, Phil. Day by day. That's the plan. Day by day. Are, um, is, are you and the team on the same page with Mac and his team as it comes to the injury and how to progress or how to move forward? Yeah, I mean... Not really sure what the what the nature of the question is. Day by day, it's getting better. We'll see how it goes. Day by day. Does he have a high ankle sprain? Day by day. What do I look like? A doctor, an orthopedic surgeon? Like I don't know. Talk to the medical experts. All right, back here on WBI Late Night. That was Bill Belichick today. Uh, just give me a call if you need me to explain what he means by day by day. I outlined it earlier, but um, he obviously takes us for fools, so we gotta. You need a breakdown of that. I can do that for you. You know, um, I have no idea why Bill Belichick would not just tell us, you know, what's going on. I don't think that offers any advantage. I don't understand the whole approach. Um, and I do think it's funny that he tries to incorporate and infuse some smiling into into doing this because that that says to me look obviously this shtick or whatever he does here doesn't play as well when you're losing and he's doing a lot more losing now so the added smiles to me is him being like I'm gonna still do what I do but don't be mad at me because I'm a, I'm a funny guy I'm a I'm a nice guy and I don't I'm not really here for all that like I don't really care about I don't understand the whole approach I never have okay but the day-to-day thing Whatever. You don't want to tell I don't expect Mac Jones to play. What I was going to say, what I teased before we went to break, the other thing that Mac Jones we don't know about, I don't know if we'll ever know, but we don't know right now, is what he would be like with elite weapons at wide receiver. If he had Miami's weapons, I think he would be on another level. That's the NFL today. Go check out Brady without weapons. He's all right. He's still Tom Brady, but he's not, he's not an MVP. Okay, same with Aaron Rodgers, same with any of these quarterbacks, especially if they rely on throwing the ball. Now, maybe Lamar Jackson, maybe the top, 
the best of the best, Mahomes can still make hay, even though they just lost. What was Josh Allen before Stephon Diggs came by? You know, like it just these guys, the the top guys need the weapons. Justin Herbert, as good as he looks, without weapons, without Keenan Allen, without a top guy, and Keenan Allen's getting up there, it's just not the same. If you want a true, and I think there, I think the Patriots, honestly, forget about the coaching staff and whoever's calling plays and helping Mac develop. I think if you get Mac Jones, he's done enough to show me that if you don't get him some legitimate elite weapons or at least a number one guy, a bona fide number one guy, you're doing that guy, you're, you're doing that kid a disservice in terms of actually seeing what his full potential as an NFL quarterback is. Well, you got to think there's still time, though. Like, if year three they go out and get someone off the free agent market or a trade, then that will answer the question. But as of right now, you can say, like, if this guy has what Miami has, then he'd be good. There's time. So here's what I have to say about what's going to happen here with the Patriots. I could not be any more down on Mac Jones' injury and the prospects of this team winning games with Brian Hoyer. I could not be any more down. Brian Hoyer, now this might not be fair, but the last time we saw Brian Hoyer in an actual spot, he couldn't have been worse. He was put in that game in 2020 in Kansas City to do exactly what he did. Check that. To not do exactly what he did. That is why he was put in that game. And not only was he put in, he was eventually taken out. And then he was benched. Not only was Brian Hoyer incapable of doing exactly the one thing that he was put in there to do, not make the boneheaded rookie mistake, you know, clock management at the end of the first half or a completely, totally ill-advised interception in the red zone. I saw enough. That night, maybe that's not fair. I do not need to see any more of Brian Hoyer. And I'll tell you another thing that worries me. This team does not have the culture that the teams that had Tom Brady on them had. This is a different team. Bill is a different coach. So if you think that the Patriots are going to roll out the Patriot way, and it'll just be plug-and-play Brian Hoyer, that doesn't exist anymore. That whole mystique, that whole culture that you thought that Matt Castle took advantage of the year he stepped in for Brady, not to mention the roster, doesn't exist anymore, okay? I expect Brian Hoyer to struggle mightily with these weapons and with this culture and with this team. I don't expect them to win many games, if any, with Brian Hoyer. Do you think, though, they're going to stick with Hoyer, or does he play so bad that they say, we have no choice but to put Bailey Zappi in the game? Because he still gets put on the active roster. Sometimes he's inactive for some games, but now he's going to be active as Hoyer's backup. I think Zappi's going to end up playing. I have no faith in Hoyer. That night in Kansas City ruined me. All he had to do was not what he ended up doing. And he still found a way to have rookie mistakes and cost the Patriots. Now, that was a tall order anyway. But they were in that game, and he still found a way to cost them. Looking right, looking left. He's in trouble. Oh, no. It's down out of the half with a 
absolutely inexcusable for a guy with that level of experience. And then to get benched for Jarrett Stidham. I cannot get over that game. I'm sorry. This team, this culture is not the Patriot way, the Patriot culture you remember. Okay? And you're damn right that I expect the Patriots to struggle against the Lions at home. Right now, if my house was on the line, I wouldn't feel good picking them against the Browns with the way they're playing in Cleveland. I don't trust anybody right now. Yeah, I was about to say, like, if the timeline for this high ankle sprain is six to eight weeks, looking at the schedule, which team can you, like, say confidently they can win against? Because, like, the only one I see is Chicago, possibly. Yeah, maybe Chicago at home. Maybe. But the Lions have been covering their spreads. They've been playing hard. I don't know if I'm ready to just say that's a win with the backup quarterback. I'm not. The Browns have been surprising some people. They've been playing hard. I There are no guarantees going forward for the Patriots, especially with Brian Hoyer on the roster. Can't None. even lock down a Jets win. No. You've been doing that Hell for like 20 no. years. It's been tough. Brady had a tough time going there for the last few years. Okay, and playing in, in New York. Like, there are no guarantees here. This is a new day. Now, if he goes out there and looks great and efficient, well, then I'm going to be like, well, then what's wrong with Mac Jones? So I certainly don't expect that to happen. I'll never rule ever, anything out completely, but I do not expect Brian Hoyer to look good. I do not expect the Patriots offense to look good. I do not expect easy wins or easy games. I think with Brian Hoyer, they are as bad as any situation, or I should say they could be as bad as any situation in the NFL with Brian Hoyer. That's what I think. And it's a negative viewpoint, but it's what I think. The defense, not good enough. The offense has not been consistent enough. And Brian Hoyer does not inspire any confidence in me whatsoever. I am down on Brian Hoyer, and I think the Patriots are going to struggle. They're going to lose to the Packers. They're going to struggle against the Lions. They're going to struggle against the Browns. They're going to struggle in every game. I don't know which ones they're going to win. I can't chalk up any wins here with confidence. Forget it. This is a different culture than the one Matt Castle took over when you kind of just kept it rolling. You had this expectation. You're the Patriots. You're better. You're more well-coached. You're more disciplined. All those things, man, are out the window now. They're not necessarily more disciplined than the Jets. They're not more disciplined necessarily than anybody. They're not necessarily better coached than the Browns. We have no freaking idea. All of those inherent advantages that you used to have are gone. You got to get that out of your mind. They are gone, baby. This is a new team. Maybe they'll find new ways to be productive. Maybe they'll find new ways, new playmakers, new things they do that help them win. Yeah, I was about to say, like, this has to be, like, Belichick has to find a way to, like, motivate his guys by saying, like, look, everyone thinks we're going to suck now with Brian as our guy, but we believe in each other. So I feel like there could be, like, one or two of those kind of, like, emotional wins out there. Yeah, I mean, they could have a big game. The defense could have a big game. You know, the Lions coming in here. It's not like I have confidence in the Lions. I'm just saying they're playing hard. They don't look as inept as they usually do. And the Patriots, you know, you give me a defensive performance that was awful. You give me a couple. I mean, we all know about the offensive struggles. 
I'm not, I'm not high on what they're doing. If we're if we're gonna stick positive though for the Sunday game against Green Bay, you're getting the Packers at a good time because their offense doesn't look the same. Like they only put up 14 points against the Bucks, and then they struggled in Minnesota Week One, and then that middle game with Chicago. So you're getting the Packers at a good time. Yeah, I mean, I think they think they can win games. That was a big win against Tampa. Um, you know, Tampa was limited with their, you know, Evans didn't play, so they were limited. But that was still a big win for them, and I don't expect, I mean, I just think, I mean, look, if the Patriots go up there and and beat Rodgers, I'll tip my cap. Like, that would be a damn good win with Brian Hoyer. It would be a hell of a defensive performance. I don't expect it to happen. Okay, I think that the Patriots, with Brian Hoyer, have the potential to be as bad as any team in the NFL. That's what I think. I'm not, like, again, it is, it's just not the same culture with the same expectations. Excuse me for being down on the team. Like, they just haven't proven it to me since Brady left. So that's where I'm at there. It's going to be a struggle with Brian Hoyer. I don't care who you play. All right? All right. Um, when we get back, we got to get into this uh, Mike Lombardi stuff and some of the comments that he made surrounding Mac Jones and the Patriots. Um, I have a thought on that, a couple thoughts on that. We'll do that next when we get back. I'm Mark Dundero, WEI Late Night. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. As much as I like Mac Jones, I thought Mac Jones would protect the ball and play smarter than he's played. And now he's hurt with a high ankle and... You know, to me, he's he was in danger of really of of either changing what he did or he's going to lose his job. He's not going to play in the NFL. You're not going to play in the NFL. You keep turning the ball over like he was. Now you could say, well, they don't have an off. They average seven one to play in the game. Mm-hmm. Seven one to play in two of the three games. If they don't turn the ball over, they could be three and zero. I'm not saying they're good. Don't get me wrong. But when you turn the ball over like they did, whether it's fumbles and and interceptions and you allow the other team to have extra possessions and the other team has Lamar Jackson, you deserve to lose. All right, back here on WEI Late Night. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm not a fan of Mike Lombardi. Um, I don't know. I don't understand how he's become such a media star. Whatever. You know, I know he just, he knows, I mean, he has a friggin' picture of him and Belichick on his background. Um, on some of the shows he's on. So whatever. I thought those comments were stupid. I don't I don't agree with them. I you know, to me, and Mike Lombardi obviously is closer to the NFL than I'll ever be, but to me, Mac Jones, like I said earlier, has to be able to grow into a dynamic passer, Mike. Okay? He's going to be out of the NFL. He's certainly not going to be a starting quarterback if all he can do is win games 17-14 and dink his dunk away, dink and dunk his way around games every Sunday. That's not good enough, okay? Well, Mike goes a little bit further on to Mac Jones. He talks about uh, these kinds of mistakes that he's not good enough to over overcome. Take a listen. I think he looks good other than he's making stupid mistakes, and he's not good enough to overcome bad mistakes. Like, part mm-hmm. of the allure of, for me with Mac Jones is he was going to be a smart player, protect the football at all costs, you know? But he's playing out of control. He's playing, that, like, you know, he's trying to th- – what does he think he is? He's throwing the ball up for grabs. Like, seriously. Like, you're, you're, you're not overly skilled, right? So when you're not overly skilled, you've got to make up for it with good decisions, good placement, all the things have to be. You can't hurt your team like he's been hurting his team. I agree with that. He can't hurt his team like he's been hurting his team. But to talk about you're going to lose your job, <laughs> you're going to bench him? Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy after only a season and three games. Let's just pretend for a second. Let's just pretend for one second that the thought of Mac Jones losing his job was actually in play. Okay? <laughs> Where would the Patriots turn? You know, like, where would they go? They didn't even have a plan when Tom Brady left, and they probably had an idea they weren't going to get him back or bring him back or whatever you want to say. They didn't even have a plan. Unless this plan says, hey, we drafted Bailey Zappi to be our guy, like, I don't see any plan for Mac Jones to be losing this starting role even in, even in like the next three years or so. There's no plan. Those comments were asinine by Mike Lombardi. Asinine. I can't stand when he comes on. I'm sorry. He's a friend of the show, whatever. I can't stand listening to him. 
I don't understand where he gets off saying those comments. He threw the ball up. Like what? He okay. Again, if Jones had weapons, he'd be better. He doesn't have elite weapons, so he's only going to be so good. Am I making excuses for Mac Jones? I guess. But he's in his second year. The coaching staff is maybe a mess. He doesn't have nearly the elite level of weapons that the top quarterbacks have. And he's trying to grow into a more dynamic passer. You're not going to play in the NFL. You keep turning the ball over like he was. He's going to make mistakes. Remind me again, how many, I forget, didn't Peyton Manning throw an interception or two when he was a young quarterback? Now, I know it was his rookie year. Didn't he throw some interceptions? Can't remember. Like, I thought he threw a couple picks. You know, I thought he had a couple of games there early in his career where it was really bad. Like, really bad. You know, like, I, I can't, didn't Peyton Manning get absolutely throttled by the New York Jets in a playoff game, like, in his fourth year? He had the most interceptions thrown in his rookie year, 28 in uh, 1998. It happens. Okay, why did that happen? Okay, I'll tell you why that happened. And that was a different era of football, and obviously Manning was raising the bar. But that happened because Peyton Manning immediately entered the NFL, okay, and knew the type of quarterback that he wanted to be slash had to be in order to be at his best and in order to put his team at their best, which was I'm going to throw it all over the yard and be the most dynamic passer in the damn league. That's what he was working towards when he threw all those picks as a rookie. Wasn't there yet. That's why a lot of those interceptions happened. But he knew what he was working towards. And he knew what he had to do in order to get there. The interceptions and the lack of continuity, just part of the process, part of the deal. Mac Jones, while he won't be Peyton Manning, experienced a similar hiccup, in my mind, on Sunday. In order to get there... You have to have games like this. Now, yeah, name me a quarterback who hasn't had these kinds of hiccups because the list is very, very small. Especially after a year of proving he could take care of the ball to an extent and get his team to the playoffs and be that game manager. He has to grow. He has to become more dynamic. So he made a couple bad decisions. It is what it is. I mean, again, the gunslinger mentality. It's nothing Brett Favre didn't do. Not saying he's going to be Brett Favre. But to become that level of quarterback, you gotta throw it. You gotta make take chances to make some plays to get big plays. That's yeah, did all. Did he even have one of those games like last year? Because I can't remember. I feel like he was like not smooth, but like he didn't have this bad of a game in his rookie year last season. I don't remember an explosive game. But again, I don't remember a game where he threw the ball down the field as well and was taking as many shots down the field. Maybe he had one. I just don't remember it. I don't remember a game where he was trying to go blow for blow with one of the top quarterbacks in the game offensively. Like I don't remember that game for the Patriots. That's why engaging in that type of game and having some success made me feel good. It made me feel like he's up for the challenge, the Patriots are up for the challenge, and they'll do things like that. To insinuate, though, Mike Lombardi that he is going to lose his job, he would have to have an entire season like Sunday for that to even become a conversation. That's what would have to happen. 
The other thing that could happen, and this is another reason why I was optimistic about what I saw on Sunday, is if he just continued to be managed and neutered. 17-14, you can't throw it, Mac. Don't throw it, Mac. Stay, you know, stay up close to the vest. Then it's like, well, what are we doing? If that's just the if that the if the, if that's the only approach we're going to take with Mac Jones, why are we putting him in there every week? Why? I mean, he was a first round pick for a reason. Let's see what he can do. Do you think it's kind of a blessing, though, like at least on the coaching side of things? Because remember, Belichick was just getting like rained with like all the criticism, and now if they don't play well. They're going to turn and just be like, oh, we didn't have our starting quarterback. I wouldn't call that a blessing. I don't think it's a blessing because I think a lot of people are saying if you're Bill Belichick and you're the guy, the Patriot way, the culture is still the culture, Bill Belichick's team wouldn't go out there and lose and be a disaster with Brian Hoyer at quarterback. They would go out there even with Brian Hoyer and beat the Lions at home. Well, what I'm saying is like it sort of deflects all the criticism that he's had. It takes a little bit off of him considering like what he's dealt with basically since the offseason with the coaching decisions and the roster and all that kind of stuff. I don't really think it's going to deflect much criticism. I mean, obviously, you don't have your starting quarterback. You're not going to be quite as good. But if you lose to the Lions, if you lose to Cleveland, if you lose to Chicago at home, he's going to be more criticized because... Well, I shouldn't say more criticized if you feel like, I mean, he'll be criticized by me. Let's put it that way. Because I think the ship has sailed on Brian Hoyer. I thought so long ago, as I said. So to put him back out there, especially if he doesn't play well again, especially if he looks like amateur hour again, would make no sense to me. And I would just say, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, you don't even have as good of a team as you had arguably a few years ago, and you still put him out there. That would be ridiculous to me. We'll see what he does. I'm mildly interested in what he does. But at the second, I mean, I just don't expect. How do you expect me to have confidence in Brian Hoyer after the way I saw him play the last time and with the way the offense has played throughout the post-Tom Brady era? And now you get these guys calling plays and coaching the offense, the key guys. We have no idea if they're any good or not. There's no way you can tell me or argue with me that Brian Hoyer is poised to go out there and have success. Maybe he will, but I have no idea how you can concoct that argument. I have none. So what's your cap then for wins? Because I think everyone saw this as like an 8-9 win team. Now that Brian Hoyer's in there, does that go down like 5 or 6 possibly for a season total? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to go down. If he plays, let's say he plays four games. I think they're lucky to go two and two. Lucky to go two and two. I think they lose to Green Bay. I think they lose to Cleveland. And I think they could lose one of those other games as well with Brian Hoyer. I, I see more of a one and three kind of in that stretch. Yeah, one and three. I could see it. I, I could see them losing three games in a row. And Bailey Zappi beating the Bears. Like, I just don't know what you're doing. Uh, again, Zappi's a young quarterback, but is it so bad that he couldn't? Be, I mean, if Hoyer's a disaster, what are you going to do? Got to put him in. If he gets hurt, you got to put him in. Can't be that much of a disaster. Can't be that far off. 
I'm just not convinced. There's no guarantees. Remember the time, though, uh, in 2020 when Belichick was, like, raving about Cam Newton and there were calls about him to, like, take Newton out of the starting lineup? Is he going to do the same thing with Brian Hoyer, though, or is that two completely different situations? It's a good comparison or a good thought. I, I mean, but they did do that in that Kansas City game. They took him out. I mean, it Well, got- New- Newton had COVID, so he had to miss the game. Um, so Hoyer was kind of forced in there. No, I and know, they but they still took him out. They took him out, though. They still took him out. I don't think it would be too much for them to take him out. Um, maybe they have more faith in Stidham than they do now in Zappi. I I just, I, I don't see it. I mean, I don't see it. I guess you could argue the way they handled Mac Jones will be the same way they handle Brian Hoyer. So if they can get into one of those 17-14 type games, they'll be right in their wheelhouse and maybe they can win one of those. But there are no guarantees anymore. This team is not what you remember. They can lose any game they play. And if Brian Hoyer looks awful, you know, the Lions, the Browns, the Bears, these are going to be tough games, I thought, with Jones. None of these were going to be definite wins with Jones. Forget about Brian Hoyer. So that's where I am on the Patriots. Um, I'm down. I'm down on them, and I thought Mac Jones showed me something on Sunday and had a good opportunity to build off of that, and it's a shame that he got hurt, especially when the game was essentially over. I'm not saying they should have had him out, but he is now going to miss an opportunity to really continue to improve and to make matters worse. Now we might have a situation where he is second-guessing the Patriots' medical team. Uh, Not good. You know, I I don't know where that goes, but that feels like uh, something you don't want to have. I mean, that feels like a lack of trust to me. And when you lack trust, that's usually not a good thing. This is going to be the situation that gets circled back to if the uh, opportunity comes and Mac Jones like has a chance to either leave New England or come back to New England. Everyone's going to circle that right there. As the well, beginning. I mean, the Patriots are going to have an opportunity to show us what they really think when his contract comes up. So that's the number one. Um, there's still time before that happens. So the hope is they get an actual true assessment on his ability before that happens, which is another reason why this is a devastating injury. Hopefully he doesn't miss more than a couple games. But this is... It's just, I don't know how you can concoct a positive record here. Would you call it worst-case scenario for the Patriots right now? Yeah. Yeah. Their one thing that they were, the the best part about them right now and this year was Mac Jones and his development. Without him, what can I rely on? What can I lean on? I mean, Dietrich Wise played a great game the other day. That was nice to see. He sort of emerged. But where's that going to take you? I, I just don't buy the narrative. Like, I don't, when I listen to Matt Patricia Talk about how prepared and how diligent Brian Hoyer is at practice and all the things he does. To That makes me feel not good at all. That doesn't do anything for me. When I hear Vince Wilfork tell NBC Sports Boston, next man up, Patriots are in good hands, that makes me feel nothing. Like, none of that means anything. 617-779-7937 if you want to chime in. That doesn't mean anything. They're too far off. They're too inconsistent. It's just so hard to remove yourself 
from viewing the Patriots the way we all used to view them. It's just too hard. The New England Patriots now are the Patriots that you've witnessed since 2020. That's the team they are now. And to think that they're going to be something else is a fool's errand. Bill Belichick is not able to put a lot of the things that he did with Tom Brady into practice. Not going to say he's not as good of a coach, but some of the things that made him great aren't applicable anymore. Mac Jones was the best thing about the Patriots, and now he's gone for at least a couple games probably. Well, tell well, us also, anything. Don't forget, like, for the first couple of weeks, even with Mac Jones, the ratings were down. And now oh, they're yeah. going to be down even more with Mac not in the lineup. Like, that that just turns off Patriots fans right then and there because Mac was the only appealing thing for Patriots fans to watch. And it would have been more appealing after Sunday, I think. He goes out there and try. I mean, I would have loved to have seen him go up against Rodgers and just see, not to win necessarily, but just to see where he stacks up, see how he looks in that environment against that type of quarterback with two teams really that don't have great weapons. I would have liked to have seen that head-to-head matchup. It's a big disappointment that we're not going to be able to see it. Not that I thought the Patriots would win, but just to see the matchup, just to see how he looks juxtaposed to how Rodgers looks. It's like you're only watching the games now just to see – the matchups intriguing. You don't expect any kind of victory coming out of it. Not really. No, there are no expected victories. I think they can win games. There's games that they'll play that I think they can win. But in terms of expecting victory, I, I don't. I can't expect victory uh, from any team right now. That includes the Jets. That includes some of these typical low-level teams. Just impossible to say. It's a win. It's a wrap. No problem. You know? Um, so, we'll see. Tough game to bet this weekend because I'm not convinced that Aaron Rodgers won't have a big day against the Patriots defense. But obviously, I'm not going to take a high number from the Patriots perspective. So, I'm thinking under uh, just based on how Green Bay's offense is played. But I still have a few days to figure that out. All right, when we get back, I want to say something about the Celtics. Um, and unfortunately, we'll do random-ass emails. We got a couple emails tonight. Um, and I'll give you my take on the Celtics and a few other things. This is Mark Dundero on WEI Late Night. What did you see out of the guys, uh, and what did you kind of put them through for first practice of the season? I mean, I saw an eager to get out on the basketball court. Um, I saw a competitive nature, and uh, I saw an attention to detail about where we are and where we're trying to go. Right, back here on WEI Late Night. Hey, it's Joe Mazzula, head coach of the Boston Celtics. Interim head coach, but head coach. Um, look, I like what I've heard from Joe to this point. Um, I know that in the past, rookie head coaches have won NBA championships. It's happened. Nick Nurse, Ty Lue, um, I think Ty Lue. The question, though, that I would ponder is, 
are the Celtics in back-to-back years going to get to the finals with a rookie head coach? feel like the odds aren't in my favor for that one, you know? Um, we going up to 12 straight up, Joe? Okay. feel like that's going to be a tough ask. You know what I mean? Um, the good news is it's a player's league, the NBA. The players like Joe Missoula. We knew that last spring. Now, there's a difference between liking the head coach and in respecting them and acting the way that you need to act when the head coach tells you to do so. You know, that's a disconnect that I don't want to see develop. And we don't know that. Obviously, you know, they like the guy, but it's different when he becomes the head coach and is telling them what to do and has to run the show. So we don't know how that those relationships will continue to evolve with Joe Missoula as the head coach. So that's where we're at. I think also you have to look at the conference, too, because I think the conference has gotten better, and it's a tough situation for Missoula to be in, like, to be thrust into the head coaching gig, like, right before training camp gets started. Oh, it's tough. But, I mean, you got a team that was two wins away from a championship. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. You have to find a way to produce with this squad. Um, You have to. So, I have a feeling, here's the other thing. This is the other thing that we're waiting to see what happens and how this unfolds. I have a feeling, don't know this for sure, but based on the comments made at Media Day the other day, I'm wondering if the Celtics players know everything about what happened with Ime Udoka. I'm not sure that they do. And I'm not sure that when they find out, that's not going to affect them a certain way. Not necessarily in a way that will derail what they're doing on the floor. But that's a thing. Because the comments made by Marcus Smart did not seem to add up with some of the other narratives that are out there. Now, they could just be rumors. We have no idea. Maybe they do know and I don't. I don't know. But when I look at the one-year suspension and when I listen to that press conference with Danny Ainge with Brad Stevens, with Danny Ainge, my God, I still say Danny Ainge, with Brad Stevens and Wick Grosbeck, all last year it was still weird. that It's still weird to me that Danny Ainge is running the Utah Jazz. I just, I, whatever. Brad Stevens, Wick Grosbeck, I listen to the press conference, I see the one-year suspension, something isn't adding up. Workplace affair just doesn't add up. There's more to it, there's more than that, it's worse than that. And then I hear Marcus Smart's comments, not enough. Not not connecting here. So I'm worried that the Celtics players don't have the full story. Maybe it's a legal thing. We don't know. But if they do find out eventually, or if they know, or if they find out what Matt Barnes presumably knows, I don't know where this season's going to go, and I don't know how Joe Mazzula is going to handle that. As promising as he may be, and as much faith as Brad has in him, I don't know where it's going to go. But I'm I I don't know if the Celtics players know what happened specifically with Ime Udoka. But I love seeing them 
frolic around today at training camp. You know, I'm excited about the I'm still excited about the roster. Even after this, even after the Gallinari injury, I'm still super excited about the team and the roster, and I can't wait for Celtics basketball. All right. A um, couple emails here. Random ask emails. Where are those emails? Okay. Kristen in Braintree asks, what freaks you out more, a hurricane or a tornado? Tornadoes. More freaky. I've been in tornadoes. It's just that whole, like, total destruction thing. I can get up for a hurricane, or at least I can convince myself that if I just batten down the hatches, I don't know, a tornado freaks me out more. Uh, One more here. Jamal. Up in Lynn asks your your thoughts on Coolio's passing. If you hadn't heard the rapper Coolio has died, I guess. Um, it was devastating to hear only 59 years old. Coolio and that Gangsta's Paradise might have been the first CD I ever bought. First CD I actually bought. It's a shame. They, they don't know what happened. Too Hot, one of my favorite songs. Rest in peace, Coolio. Joe, thanks, man. We're out. Mark Dundero, WEI Lane. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.